This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hunter Biden's hilarious op-ed, public schools are imploding, HBO's fake army, and the best of Bobby Knight. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Bingley. I didn't know Hunter Biden was doing comedy now until I saw the op-ed. He recently posted the hilarious op-ed that was recently published in the USA Today in which Hunter claims that his addiction has not only been weaponized against his father, but that it also represents a real threat to the millions of other addicts around the country who want to get sober but are afraid to because of what might happen to them if they do after seeing what's happened to Hunter after he got sober. Because obviously there's a war on people who get sober that the media is engaging in. That's why Hunter Biden's been in the news. He overcame addiction. That's, that's the reason for the coverage. The coverage has nothing to do with him being the bagman of his dad's global criminal enterprise or him being one of the most compromised men in America and it has everything to do with him getting sober because we know the right-leaning media hates when people get sober. And now what he's doing, he's worried that this attack on sobriety from the right is a threat to every uh, addict in America. And so he's bravely speaking out in defense of them, hoping that they will be as strong as he was to get sober anyway. What a noble, noble person Hunter Biden is. That's actually the framing of this obviously stupid article. You can see the headline here on USA Today. Hunter Biden, I fought to get sober. Political weaponization of my addiction hurts more than me. Such a kind soul there. This article isn't just stupid. It's insulting to this group that is attempting to appeal to, which are people who are struggling with addiction. I mean, what an insult an article like this is. He's basically saying to them, Hunter is, that we're all the same, and an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. Every addict is Hunter Biden. He might as well be, he might as well put that in, in the headline there. Every addict is a criminal who launders money for his powerful father, who always smokes crack while whacking off and filming it, and who refuses to ever meet his four-year-old daughter who lives in Arkansas. Every, every single addict is like that. Listen to some of the things that Hunter wrote in this article. Well, I know Hunter's name is on the byline there. Let's not pretend he actually wrote it. It says, that, or he says, I guess I'll say he says, he says his struggles with addiction and his mistakes have been fodder for a vile and sustained disinformation campaign against his dad and an all-out annihilation of his own reputation through congressional investigations and the criminal gun charges against him. So the dude who records himself floating in... He's floating naked. He records himself floating naked in a sensory deprivation tank while switching between smoking crack and chalk in his own pool cue is accusing someone else of annihilating his reputation. I think that one is on you, pal. And then he acts like he's not getting the biggest sweetheart deal in the world by only being charged with these gun charges. What an inverse flip of reality this is. 
crazy. I, I, I mean, they must just be seeing trying to attract the or uh, identify the stupidest people on the on the planet. To yeah, if anybody, somebody who buys this, who says yes, I swallow this article wholly and will accept this as my beliefs. You can get them to do your dirtiest of dirty work because they're the dumbest people who ever existed. He then goes on to make the scrutiny about him, uh, um, obviously not about his criminal activity, but about the demonization of, of addiction, as I said there, which he says he's been made an avatar of. He's the avatar of it. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's probably it. The Republicans have just been dying, dying to get the addicts. All they needed, all they needed was the right face. And they got that. And Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden says that what really troubles him the most about about this uh, attack and this demonization on addiction are the devastating consequences that it's having on the millions of people struggling with addiction who are being bombarded with these awful messages and near constant coverage of him by Fox News and The New York Post. So they, they must put all the addicts in a room and force them to watch Fox News and read the New York Post because that's really the only way they're ever going to see any of the messages about Hunter Biden. If they're watching any other network, they're never going to see any of these messages. So that must be what's going on. They're, they're, they're torturing them and forcing them to watch it, saying, see what's going to happen to you. <laughs> what a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. Listen to this here. He goes on to say, it's already near impossible for addicts to get sober. And the avalanche of negativity and assault on my personal privacy may only make it harder for those considering it. That's, that's, that's good logic there, right? Let me read that again. This is the logic here. It's already near impossible, a near impossible decision for addicts to get sober. Very difficult, it is. And the avalanche of negativity and assault on his personal privacy may only make it harder for other people who are considering getting sober, the implication being it could happen to them. I'm sure that this is correct. I'm sure that if we went and spoke to 100 people who are struggling with addiction and we asked them what has made it so hard for them to make the decision to finally get sober, that they would tell us, the assault on Hunter Biden's privacy. That's what has made it so hard. I was almost there. I had even made the decision to do it. I was on my way to rehab. And then somebody forced me to watch a Fox News report about Hunter Biden demanding that strippers only use brand new dildos on his ass. And I said, they're going after addicts who get sober. If I walk into this rehab center and I get clean, they're coming after me next. And I can't risk that because, you know, all of us addicts, we all work in the Biden crime family. That's how it works. You become an addict and then you become a bag man for Joe Biden. Every addict in America is on the board of Burisma making 50K a month. All of us are. And all of us only ever masturbate while smoking crack and filming ourselves on selfie cam. That's the way it works. All right. There's no way I am going to be getting clean in an environment where war is being waged on those who get sober. I mean, look what they did to poor Hunter over here. They forced him to take a job pretending to be a painter 
for millions of dollars. No way, no thank you. I'll stick with the crack where it's safe. I'm certain that is the answer we'll get from every addict who is struggling. Isn't this a crazy frame that they're trying to put out there? I mean, you got to be the dumbest person you've ever met, anybody's ever met, to say, yeah, I believe that. That's If you're progressive friends, they're going to come up to you, and uh, if you're talking and you two are watching the news and there's a story that says, breaking news, more evidence of Hunter Biden influence peddling, and then they go, oh, there Fox News goes demonizing addiction again. Your friend is brain dead. They are brain dead if that ever happens, if this talking point sticks. Okay, so that was, I mean, I, I'm almost thinking this is like some Andy Kaufman type stuff with this story here. They even gave Hunter Biden the, the credit for it. You know he didn't write this. He's too busy not painting to write this. He's too busy having somebody else do paintings for him to write an article for him. I mean, he does a lot of good work, though, having other people write articles and do paintings for him. Well, God, I have no idea. Well, he doesn't visit his daughter in Arkansas. So a lot of things that he, he should just get an impersonator to go be the dad down there. Just hire a Hunter Biden impersonator to go, to go be that kid's father. Probably do a far better job. In fact, definitely do a far better job than Hunter. What a piece of trash. Unbelievable. He tries to position himself as a victim here. Trying to align himself with addicts. All addicts are like me. No, I believe they're not like you, Hunter. Okay, so here's a story that I think is... Actually, I think it's a good story, even though it doesn't seem that way at first. The headline is, Oregon just dropped all graduation standards, failing, failing all of its students in the name of equity. They, they didn't fail all of its students. I think the article's saying that they, they failed all their stu- students by dropping the standards is what they, uh, I believe what they're saying here. Here is, here's what it says they did. So Oregon in 2021, they suspended the state's requirements for high school diplomas. It's because of COVID, you know, right? COVID's here. Everybody just gets a graduation degree. You don't even have to show up. Just, do you still exist? We'll send your degree in the mail, but make sure you spray it down with bleach. Just don't put the bleach in your body like Trump never actually said to do. Their requirements included reading comprehension, writing, applying math in various situations. And they they got rid of it. And the suspension of those graduation standards, which they test through standardized testing, was supposed to go through this year and then it would go back to normal. However, I think last week, the Oregon State Board voted unanimously to extend the the suspension of the requirements through the 2027-2028 school year. Wow. wow. So a whole whole other three or four years there. Board members, and I'm sure they'll continue to extend it, board members alongside the Oregon Department of Education leadership argued that requiring students to complete standardized tests both presented a harmful hurdle for historically marginalized students and represents a misuse of state test. Which, standardized tests, they, they, there is issues with standardized tests. I mean, there's issues with the entire public school system. People should at least learn reading and writing, I think. But colleges are dropping. Like, I've seen billboards for, I think it was Georgia Southern, maybe, where it's like, we don't require an SAT. Just everybody, come one, come all, because more and more people aren't going to college. So when the model, which feeds people from high school based on these requirements and the college based on the consistency of those requirements that both of them use, when that 
collapses as it has, then none of this is going to matter anymore. And I'll tell you why I think this is all good in a second here. It goes on to say that the Oregon Education Association, the OEA, which is the union representing more than 40,000 teachers throughout the state, all progressives, I'm sure, is a like-minded opponent of standardized testing, saying the standardized tests are inaccurate, inequitable, and don't accurately measure student learning and growth. Further, the union labels standardized tests like Oregon statewide a summative assessment as an instrument of racism and a biased system. Everything is an instrument of racism. It's just, it's crazy. It's everything. It's identity politics, and it loses its meaning when they call everything racist. Since Oregon abandoned, this is the best part about it right here. Since they abandoned its essential skill requirement in 2021 because of COVID, high school graduation rates have, believe it or not, skyrocketed in the two years since with a graduation rate of 81.3%. Oregon's class of 2022 set a record for the second highest four-year graduation rate ever recorded in the state. How is that a record when you don't break the record? You can't set a record by coming in second. They, they didn't have any requirements for, they just had to show up. They didn't even have to show up. They just had, you only have to go like 25% of the year now. I mean, you can take more days off than ever. I remember when I was in school, they would check in on you if you missed like just a, a few days. Now, you can take half the year off and they're like, uh, is he coming back this year? Because we'd like for him to graduate. We're going to give him a degree. It's just crazy. They didn't have to do anything. And yet they still weren't able to break the record for highest graduation percent. I wonder what causes people to not, like, what happened that made that, what, 19? I can't, now I can't do basic math, 18.7% not graduate. Is it just that they did not show up anymore or is there something else? Like, I, I wonder, I mean, how bad do you have to be if that's the case? It goes on to say that while 81.3%, a lot of pressure here 2023, by the way, while that while they graduated, only forty three percent of the students in that year's graduating class were proficient in English, and less than thirty one percent were proficient in math. Less than half understood anything that they were supposed to understand or that you need to understand to be able to read, comprehend. It's just, it's crazy. You don't have to do anything anymore. And the good part about it is that the teachers union that, that, that I just mentioned, their membership between the years of 2020 and 2022 has dropped 4.4%. Now, that's a small number, right? But this is an organiza- organization that, as I said, just called standardized testing in this article, instruments of racism and, and a biased system. These are the most radical people. And even in the most radical group of people, 4% of them have said, this stuff has gone too far. It's making our kids stupid. Maybe it affected some of their kids. So if it's causing that decrease there, then the public school system just collapsing on itself is waking a lot of regular people up who don't want their kids to be stupid and want them to be able to do things when they grow up. I mean, we already knew that the public education system teaches you almost nothing that you can practically apply outside of reading and the basic math skills. It should be changed completely. It's imploding. People are recognizing it. People are going to find other options, whether it's private schools 
or whether it's homeschooling. And we've seen that number increase. And I say they should just double, triple down and extend the, the, the requirement suspension indefinitely. That way it's the death knell of the public school system in Oregon and any other state that adopts some idiotic policy like this so that parents, Democrat, Republican, whatever they are, continue to pull their kids out and find better options because they care about them. So good job leading the implosion, Oregon. What it did. How do you even celebrate that graduation? Everybody's at the graduation. You're sitting there knowing there was literally nothing required of the people who walked across the stage. Yeah, good job showing up 50% of the time. That's, that's, not, that's not typically something that, that you celebrate, but whatever, to each their own. Now, here's a story that you might have heard a little bit about. The HBO's bosses using a secret fake account to troll television critics, which I don't think anybody's really surprised uh, about that. But HBO's boss apparently sent some people to go after those who were critiquing HBO's new shows on Twitter, and he told he wanted fake accounts used. And the guy's name is Casey Bloys, which is a weird name. Bloy. Bloy. It sounds like he says, hi, I'm Casey. Casey Bloys. It just sounds like a very strange last name. He sent HBO's senior vice president of drama programming, interesting title, her name is Kathleen McAfee, a text asking her to respond to criticism about HBO's remake of Perry Mason that gives the lead character a traumatic war origin story. I didn't watch that one. I, you know, old school Perry Mason for me. Not old school, old school, like from the 60s, the one where he's big guy. That, that's the one that I remember watching. The, the tweet was from a TV critic who said this about the show. Dear Prestige TV, please find some way to communicate male trauma besides showing me a flashback to the hero's memories in trench warfare. Boy's text to McAfee said, maybe a Twitter user should tweet. And that's a pretty blithe response to what soldiers legitimately go through on the battlefield, he texted. Do you have a secret handle? Could, could we say, especially given that it's D-Day, to dismiss a soldier's experience like that seems pretty disrespectful? This must be answered to. This, this must be answered to, he says, by a fake person. He also told this woman that they need to go on a mission and that they need to find a mole who is at arm's length from the HBO executive team he said, we just need a random, a rando, to make a point and make her feel bad. We just need to make her feel bad, he says. I mean, this is what they do. Just try and shame people. This whole identity politics method. Now, all this stuff is coming out because somebody that they hired to do all their BS work for them is a newer person in the company that they got to create all these fake accounts and do all this tweeting from anonymous, a rando, the rando they got. Uh, he, he's now suing for wrongful termination and has revealed all these texts to the court and to Rolling Stone. And the article says that this exchange was one of at least six between June 20 and June and April 2021, in which Bloys and McAfee discussed using what they called a secret army to fire back at several TV critics on Twitter, as well as anonymous commentators on articles about HBO programming. And so here's another example of one of the, the texts. So this is a text that McAfee sent to the person who is suing HBO for wrongful termination, the one who did it, revealing their role in it. She said, Casey is looking for a tweeter. He's mad at Alan Seppenwall. Can our secret operative please tweet at Alan's review? And then this is the recommended tweet. 
Alan is always predictably safe and scared in his opinions. And then on the day that that request was made, a newly created account under the name of Kelly Shepard, let me find that for you, described as a Texas mom and her herbalist. That's hilarious. Here's a, so they actually put together a little profile with a photo here. Yeah, so there's the actual exact tweet. So that tweet replied to uh, Seppin Wall's tweet about his review, repeating the exact text that the person suing them was given from McAfee. You see there, Allen is predictably safe and scared in his opinions from Kelly Shepard. The account's profile picture appears to be a stock photo used across a number of international business websites, and a handful of tweets from Shepard's account are all directed at critics. And there is the, oh yeah, I love this, Kelly Shepard, she, her, put the pronouns up there, a mom, a Texan, a herbalist, aromatherapist, and a vegan with one follower. They don't even try to build up. They don't even try to build up the number of followers to make it look like a genuine uh, account there. And here, here's a great one here. When New York TV, New York Times chief TV critic James Ponywazik tweeted that the Nevers television show feels like watching a show that someone has mysteriously deleted 25% of the scenes from, Bullies sent the tweet to uh, McAfee according to the messages they reviewed, that said, maybe our friend needs to say what a shock it is that two middle-aged white men are shitting on a show about women, boys wrote. Where is that one? Yeah, there it is. That's what the tweet is right there. Well, another one says, don't get your panties in a bunch. Show just started. How shocking to me. Yeah, they, they, they actually tweeted that verbatim. You see how they use identity politics. They, it's just a... Identity politics is a weapon for rich white dudes to have someone pretend to be a female minority so that they can attack other rich white dudes. And with the fake accounts trolling people, the corporations do it, the FBI does it with the online internet the employee that the, the goes into the rooms and baits people into doing things. It's how they, they entrap people in a lot of these, you know, in Telegram and all these other things. The CIA does it, regular people do it, presidential candidates, campaigns do it. Everyone is pretending to be someone else for the purpose of trolling on the internet, on social media. That's just what, that's what the internet has become. How many, what percentage of it is even real people representing themselves? Who knows? Maybe, maybe all of us live in individual simulations, for all we know. And everybody that we talk to is, is a bot. We have no idea. Maybe we're all simulation people. Who knows? Just... It, Every, they're all con artists and they all lie. And they all try and convince you that, that they don't because they want other people following the rules so that they can get, get the advantage of breaking them without facing the consequences of them. Now, here's another story here that shows another example of fake accounts being used, but it exposes... Uh, so, so I should take a step back for a second. The... The wars going on right now, Russia, uh, Ukraine, Israel, Hamas, is shedding light on the new modern means of warfare with the use of technology and everything and, and other avenues of the elaborate tunnels, the water pipe missiles, the use of drones, the thermal cameras, the tunnel robots, robots that can really rely, relay information about where objects and people are and can detonate bombs that they come across. Lots of stuff that we're learning that we didn't know existed previously. Well, there's a story today, as you see on screen here, 
about the modern means of sexpionage, a, a, a type of sexpionage that I'm sure the spies themselves probably prefer. Here's a story. You see the headline. It says Hamas terrorist spies use social media to catfish Israeli soldiers seeking information. And then the article says the Israeli Defense Force has claimed that some of its soldiers were tricked into fake romances by Hamas spies using made up profiles on Instagram. A spokesperson for the IDF wrote on X in Hebrew, In recent days, the information security system thwarted an infrastructure of avatars that operated on social networks in order to release information about IDF forces and activities. This is an infrastructure that operated dozens of profiles by the Axis countries in order to provide information to the terrorist organization Hamas. The characters hold authentic photos and manage a kind of romantic relationship in a variety of ways, of conversations through correspondence using voice recordings and video calls. Each avatar has a set of avatars whose role is to strengthen their credibility on the network so they have parents, siblings, and friends. So they have a bunch of stuff that makes them look legitimate. So unlike the one follower and just just brandly new created profile, you can see when the profile was created. They Let me make sure. So that profile was, say the date, Okay, so that profile had already been created. It looks like they changed the picture or somehow they got that profile. No, no, 2021. That's probably when this happened. So yeah, that's a newly created profile. So that's the data when that happened. And you look down here, these profiles that were created by these spies. These are spies. And my guess, this, so this is why you recruit those hot chicks that we see the U.S. military promoting, joining the military through TikTok and all these other places. Maybe they switched to Instagram now that I played some clips of from the United States, the hot chicks that they're talking about uh, in the Israeli army, and the Hamas. They all recruit hot chicks because hot chicks can get other, can get dudes to join military, hoping they'll be the one guy who happens to hook up with them, and they can use them for sexpionage purposes. And so you see on screen here these images of this. So this hot chick up here, so... She, she's contacting all these dudes. They, they look at this, and they see 480 following. They see that. They see a little bit of background here. This looks a lot more legitimate than what we saw on Twitter, although I would say this here. So this chick is posting the, the same type of thirst trap where she looks half naked, and she's looking sexually into the camera that most chicks on uh, Instagram do. The fact that she has only 23 posts is what would have been a red flag for me because chicks like this have thousands and thousands of posts because they spend most of the day taking pictures of themselves and sharing them. So that, that would have been a red flag for me, the, the small number of posts, 30 posts, six posts from this good-looking chick, 23 but th- So that, that's your red flag there. All of them except this one. And that, th- this is in another, I don't know what that says. That's in another language. So I don't know if that's 49 posts or 362. But the red flag to me is a small number of posts. But it's still better than what they did, the HBO people. But the reason this works with this limited amount of posts is when they send these hot when they send DMs to soldiers or, or dudes, young dudes, and they see these hot chicks DMing them, they want it to be legitimate. They don't want it to be the same photo of the Asian girl in different poses that likes every single post on X that has the word slammed in it. You can say slam dunk and the Asian bot account that has one follower or dies two followers by the guys who got tricked in the thing Israel, the two guys, and it's following nobody. 
but it likes everything with like words that could be interpreted sexually on it. That's one thing that's definitely been on the rise uh, on X is is that uh, I mean they like a lot of my posts. All these I click on it, it's like three likes from the exact same Asian photo in different position, different like settings, all with no followers. It's just you can figure out which words to say that'll make it like that. It's it's uh it's an odd thing. I guess it's got to be some sort of automated thing. That's not the point. Point is. This looks like real people and has more, and the dudes want them to be real. They want them badly to be real, and they probably are actually these chicks, and they're probably sending them pictures of their tits. And the guys are going, yeah, here's our plans to, uh, of attack to go inside of Gaza. That's it. Send me another titty pic, and I'll tell you where we're going to breach. It's like, don't do that if some chick sends you a titty picture on Instagram, don't stop in the middle of war to go, this hot chick sent me a DM and she wants to see some tits. I just have to give her our battle plans. Don't do that. It's it's a trick, okay? I don't care how hot she is and how legitimate and how much you want it to be real. It's not. 99% of the time, dudes, if a good-looking, smoking hot chick DMs you on any of these platforms with some sort of uh, alluring message, you are being tricked. All right. Although this one doesn't even have the photo. This one has someone holding up their hand like solidarity and it has the Israeli uh, uh, as if the Israeli flag is a symbol. It's definitely a symbol that they use the military uses and just has a female name. But that looks like a dude's hand to me. It definitely looks like a dude's hand. So maybe it's got man hands. But. This is far better for these spies than actually having to sleep with the targets of their uh, sex spionage and get all of the battle information during a pillow talk. If they can just send a titty and get it through Insta, far, far... So, so modern technology has made uh, espionage, digital sex espionage, made it far, far easier for these girls. So, whatever. So nothing's real on the internet, I guess is the takeaway there. And then the article goes on to say that Apparently, the Israeli authorities are working with social media sites to ban the accounts. Now, that's interesting. So, if these chicks are not using their name, so if this is not their... I, I mean, these, people don't really have their real names as accounts. So, I wonder if they gave their real name to Instagram, and if they did give their re- real name to Instagram, and if it's just them messaging these these guys as themselves, what grounds are you going to get abandoned but For being hot and knowing that a dude's going to think they're hot? I, I know that, well, most platforms probably will remove it just because they're controlled. But at what point is it just a hot chick and then a dude just happens to give out information and maybe somebody hacks it? I don't know. A lot of speculation there. But they also says that Israel claims that the profiles were operated by countries in the so-called axis of resistance. The second time we've seen that phrase. An informal coalition of anti-Israel and anti-Western nations and terror groups and I have a feeling it probably includes Iran and China and Russia, just like Senator Johnson and cocaine Mitch McConnell, more like cocaine, more like needs cocaine Mitch McConnell, have called the axis of the new axis of evil over here. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to do a couple of clips of Kamala that I didn't get to the other day because I think they're relatively interesting. And this first one here is... It is Kamala talking about being the first vice president, female vice president of color. 
And then she takes a book out of Joe Biden's playbook and just fabricate, obviously fabricates a quote that one of her parents definitely never said. L listen to this. The child of an Indian mother and a Jamaican father, she was the first woman district attorney for San Francisco, the first woman to serve as California's attorney general, the first woman of color elected senator from California. So help me God and the first woman and woman of color to be elected vice president of the United States. Being in that unique position, being that first, does that bring added pressure? No doubt. No doubt. You know, my mother, she would say, Kamala, you may be the first to do many things. Make sure you're not the last. Okay. Nope. Sorry. Your mom didn't say it. Your mom never said, you may be the first to do many things. Just make sure you're not the last because you're going to break glass ceilings, Kamala, and you need to make sure that many, many other women of color follow in your footsteps and they also rise to the top. Never said that. I would bet almost everything I had on that she never said that. Well, I would never bet almost everything. I don't know anything. 99% chance that never happened. Pretty sure no, nobody's parent has ever said that to their kid in their life ever. It's a stupid thing. It's dumb. No, nobody, nobody's like, I love you, kid. Make sure you grow up and pave the way for all other people like you that are the same color as you and have the same genitalia as you. That's what you need, need to focus on. Nobody ever did that. I mean, maybe unless her mom followed up with, but make sure at the same time you also prosecute as many black men for low-level marijuana charges in California and put them in prison as you possibly can, and then laugh about smoking marijuana when you run for president. Make sure you do that also. Her mom must have followed that up with. Now, what her mom might have said to her as she was trying to help her learn how to get to the top is she might have said, Kamala, honey, that coochie is currency. Ride that baby to the top. Because Kamala famously banged old dudes to get to where she is. That's no secret. So... I don't know if this is a relation to that advice. I don't know how many old dudes she had sex with to get to where she is, but uh, no secret there. What a joke. Now Kamala, well, I think you've probably seen this clip. This is her talking about the Joe Biden thing. I just think it's a, it's a weird clip for a number of reasons. I'll show you as it's going on. Here she is. She's drinking a red wine there. We were talking to some Democratic... Why are they standing like that? It's such a weird way to stand daughters and they have told us that should something befall president biden and he is not able to run that there would be a free-for-all for who would run as president you are in the spot that that would be a natural for you to step up but we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line why is that well First of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. But you do know, I mean, that is a concern and, and a legitimate concern, I would say. I hear from a lot of different people a lot of different things. But let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. Our democracy is on the line, Bill. Of course. And I frankly, in my head, do not have time for parlor games. Nope. When we have a president who is running for re-election. That's it. You see how, you see how, 
her demeanor changed so much there. Like she, they, they had that pause and she was super serious. That's it. It was a very strange tonal change. It's just it's all very scripted. And I actually think here, when you go back to this moment right here, we find it. She she looks off to the side when he's asking the question. Oh, there it is, right there. So, yeah. So he's asking donors that they would not naturally fall. That, bam. So she's looking off. Of, so either Hunter Biden's in the corner, uh, uh, whacking, you know, his his a little his little prong there, or, or she's looking at like a cue card. And she's looking at how she's supposed to respond to this question is what I think. Because she, she's just looking directly at something that's getting her attention. Then she comes back and gives that very scripted answer. So it's either Hunter or that is the, the script that she's looking at, I believe. And I think this could be a little, be, a little bit of foreshadowing also. I still think that my prediction that Kamala will be the first female and first female African-American president because Joe Biden won't finish his term. I, I still think that could happen. Now, she's not going to win if she ran because she's very unlikable and just not very authentic. But he could still, for one reason or another, end up knocked out of the position before his term is up. But we shall we shall see, okay? So one more qu quick clip here. Kamala's pretend husband, because they also got to interview the husband that he loves playing this little, little weird role that he plays. They ask him what the best part about being first gentleman is about being Kamala's you know man supporting her in this role here, here it is what's the best part of being the second gentleman well one supporting her to be the first woman uh, vice president the whole world is watching and we need more women in leadership we need more women in leadership in government in the military and business law you name it uh, so that is the best part of this. Um, when people come up to me, and it could be men saying, "Hey, hey, man, I really appreciate what you're doing." My wife, you know, put her hat in for for the promotion, or she's going to run for office, and it really shows that uh, this kind of means something. Yeah, it really means something. I, I said first gentleman. That would have made him Joe Biden's husband, I guess. But second gentleman, my mistake there. Kamala, first of all, needs to take a little bit of tips about authenticity from him. This guy genuinely seems like he is a effeminate, flamboyant homosexual, and he plays that role very well. And secondly, no, people don't come up to him and say, hey, thanks, man. My wife ran for the role. She got, she asked for the promotion. Thanks for that. Thank you for Kamala. And, and I, this is, that's not the best part of that because... They're surrounded by security all the time. So there's no dudes on the street screaming across the street going, hey, Dougie boy, and running across the street. Let's bump dicks because their wives are powerful. Nobody's doing that. This is all made up. This pretend marriage, they, they, got, they act like Kamala has maternal stuff because she's got a family. So none of these kids are hers. They're all grown. They're all adults. They were adults when they got married, which was like seven years ago. I think one of them might have been in high school still. Kamala didn't raise any of these kids. She's not Mama Kamala. This is a political marriage. This guy's a, a powerful Hollywood attorney. It's such a joke. They've probably never had sex ever, if I had to guess. And, and if they did, if this guy's ever had sex with a woman, he was disgusted the entire time. I, I, I can promise you. And that look on his face, it's just weird. Okay, so before we get out of here, I am going to do one more thing. I'm going to play in the final story. 
I'm going to play you an old ESPN top 10 moments from Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight, the former Indiana and Texas Tech basketball coach who passed away yesterday. Very, very intense, very hilarious, and just a unique guy in college basketball. And the top 10, this is an older video, so the image is going to be a little bit grainy, but you can still hear what he says. Very funny stuff from Bobby Knight. And that's what, how we're going to close the show. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what I'm going to do in the DNBXR, which is I am going to be doing a cyberbullying and harassment training that YouTube is trying to get me to do in order to remove a strike from my channel. The strike that they gave me in 2021, and they are now, just now, prompting me, trying to get me to learn my lesson in sensitivity training. And they say it's about a 15-minute training, and if I do the training, they will remove the strike from my channel temporarily. But if I do it again, my ability to stream will be taken away again for, I guess, a week or so. I don't know. But I'm going to do the training with you guys, and we can all experience it for the first time. That will be the DMB XR. If you want to get access to that, subscribe only. Part of the show, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. That's how I support myself. It's how I support the show. If you want to support in another way, go to any podcast app that you listen on and leave me a five-star review and a comment that warms my heart. You can also go to youtube.com slash Brad Binkley. Subscribe there. Go to rumble.com slash the prop report. Subscribe there. Follow me on Twitter at Freedom Act Radio and check out my website where you can find all of my shows at propagandafight.com. Okay, now on to the final story of the day. Let's hear the best of Bobby Knight. That's not, that is definitely not Bobby Knight. I don't think Bobby Knight would like that guy very much personally, but I, I don't know. Here he is. Let me answer that. You know, that is an absolute crock of You know, you people in the news media, all of you uh, dwell on some negative piece of like that. And I don't know how Steve feels about it, but it just and you don't have to bleep one single word of this. I had a friend one time that that said, why had uh, why had he become so popular after he became 85? And he said, because I outlived all those sons of that didn't like me. Just remember when you're at a game and you see grass, it's the opposite side of the ball. But if you see hardwood out there, it's the other end of the floor. Try to help you young guys in this profession you've chosen that's one or two steps above prostitution. Journalism is talking about. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. I can't tell you. If it amazes you, then you don't know anything about basketball. You're, you're uh, uh, illuminating your uh, relative lack of knowledge of the game with a statement like that. Let's just start all this again. Now, I'm not here to argue the thing with you. I'm not going to debate things with you and people from television. No, you want an answer from me, you get the answer. You don't like an answer, then don't use the program, okay? Probably no motivational device I've ever come across is as good as this. He's holding Boy, a this whip. Is really good. See the see the blood drip out of it? You watch that. See that? Patrick Knight is my all-time favorite Indiana player.
we only got two people that are going to tell you I'm not going to be here. One is our SID and the other is me. Who the hell told you I wasn't going to be here? I'd like to know. Do you have any idea who it was? Yeah, I do, Coach. Who? I'll point them out to you in a while. They were from Indiana, right? No, they're not. No, weren't from Indiana, and you didn't no. get it from anybody from Indiana, did you? Could we please no, I'll, do, I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a f*** what you do. Now, back to the game. In my entire adult life, I've never used the expression game face. So I have no idea what it means or what you're supposed to do. He's making weird faces, his game face for those listening. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Sports Center's top ten. All right, so there we go on that. Bobby Knight, rest in peace. I also found some clips of him giving it to CNN a little bit because he supported Trump. And maybe I'll cut those and play those in a show next week or something like that. But thank you guys for listening. That's where we're going to wrap up the show. And we'll talk to you guys next time on PropagandaFight.com. Have a fantastic rest of your day.